Enjoy. Go Sabres. All right, episode 11, Marky. Chef, pretty soon we ain't going to be playing with toys. No, that's right. We're growing up. We're all grown up. And I thought this this week we'd take a little walk in our city, a little of you in my city. We have Kevin Rubzinski here of Instagram fame and a, a lot of other things, too. He's uh, an old classmate of mine. Uh, Kev, how are you? Welcome to Listeners to Talk. Thank you for having me. Doing fantastic. Excellent. Kev takes a lot of pictures, and a little, if you don't know Marky, a lot of people see a picture, and they don't even know it's Kevin in Buffalo. Kevin is one of the most, uh, I'd say, bu- Buffalo famous photographers where you're getting a lot of those city hall pictures of him. He, this guy knows where the albino deer is <laughs> that you see in Buffalo. I say there's about five or six, but what do you say about that, Ribs? The albino deer. There's one. There's, there's, one. there's only one? <laughs> there's one. I don't believe it. And also, I like the whole idea of Buffalo Famous, which means um, people know you in Buffalo and no one knows you anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's all right, though. I'll take it. I'll take it. So only one albino deer. I'll cross that. I lost <laughs> yeah. that. But the, yeah. the big, long list of questions here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you talk about burden. Sure. Don't be a burden. Do a little burden. Oh. You know what I mean? It's oh, like a dad joke. <laughs> unbelievable. He'll be here all night. I'll be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you get into taking pictures uh, of birds, Ribs? So actually, I don't take a ton of pictures of birds. Um, I nothing. I take a lot of pictures of like downtown and uh, you know the waterfront and. You know, different different things all over the city. I generally don't take a lot of pictures of birds because I uh, I gave up years ago. Um, I, basically, I threw out my camera. Basically, so the only thing that I use now is an iPhone, and um, it's hard to take pictures of birds with with, with no zoom. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I do for uh, identification reasons and things like that, just so you know if you can prove that you saw something or something like that. But um, I tried doing bird pictures in the beginning at Instagram, and I started losing followers. <laughs> and and I, I really don't really care about that stuff, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to focus more on the Buffalo side of stuff. I, I uh, you know, I, I started the Instagram thing just to really store pictures. And, uh, I, you know, I started the account, and I'm like, ah, oh, what do I name it? You know, should I name it Kevin Ribzinski or Ribs whatever? And uh, I was like, uh, I'll just name it Buffalo, New York. So then it started getting popular, and then I started deleting, you know, pictures of, uh, you know, birthday cakes or whatever the hell. <laughs> and uh, I just generally became more focused on, you know, just pictures downtown and, uh, you know, Buffalo Central Terminal, yada, 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 all that stuff. So um, it sort of focused itself. It, it became its own thing, and it wasn't really – it's its own entity, you know, it's so. But like before that, uh, what were your like art, art influences? Because you you've been like drawing and doing th- I've seen your work. You There's pieces of art you've worked on for years. Years, years. I just finished one that took me, I don't know, six years or something like that. Um, the Liberty Building. Uh, yeah. So, um, so when I was little, I. Drew, I remember the very first thing I drew was a coat hanger. 
<laughs> it was. It was a coat hanger. I was That's like, what I would figure. He yeah, drew. <laughs> I drew it. I I swear. Many uses if you take it apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> I, uh, but uh, you know, I, I I was literally I think in a friggin' high chair or something like that, <laughs> and I drew. A coat hanger, and everyone in my family was like, "Holy cow, that's a perfect <laughs> coat hanger! Good job!" And um, so I drew a lot, you know, here and there, and you know, whatever monsters and you know, Batman and Spider Man and all that garbage. But then when I went to college, I had no money, and uh, I always like giving like Christmas gifts out and stuff like that. And um, the one year, I'm like, I'm just gonna. I'm going to spend all this time and try to give everyone in my family like really nice drawings. And uh, I picked up the pen and did like pen and ink drawings for everyone. that was like really, really detailed. I've done, I did things like that a little bit before, but I'm like, I'm going to do this. I want, I have no money. I have nothing to give to anybody. So I'm like, uh, I'll, uh, I'll do this. And uh, they turned out really well. And from then on, I did these like, really 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 detailed pictures of family friends and then i started doing like buildings i did uh city hall buffalo central terminal um, so you fell in love with these places a long time ago oh a a long time ago Uh, well a long time ago i will say this that i was in college and uh uh one of my roommates was from syracuse and he was like buffalo sucks (laughs) and i'm like no it doesn't it's awesome and he's like there's no big buildings. There's no anything. And I'm like, well, we have at least one building. It's a skyscraper. And he's like, uh, well, what's skyscraper? How big is a skyscraper? And I was like, I don't know, but you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I started Googling it. And HSBC, it was like uh, it, the definition at the time for skyscraper, for modern skyscrapers, was like 500 feet. I think HSBC something like 515 or something so then i started googling how many cities have skyscrapers and buffalo's actually you know a lot there's not actually too many cities that have tall buildings i mean i mean there's dozens but buffalo is a great skyline compared to a lot of cities and i just kept going more and more and more and more into it and it was basically just like an f you to this guy who didn't like (laughs) buffalo and uh that's where it started i mean the architecture in buffalo is absolutely it's 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 unbelievable um people don't really realize it but like um so uh we don't have a ton of architecture but we do have is um it's basically like a room in the greatest art museum in the world and you have 10 pictures it's not a big museum with thousands of pictures it's it's very focused we have the mona lisa we have the scream we have like People have no idea. So there's three great American architects, um, Lewis Sullivan, H.H. Richardson, and Frank Lloyd Wright. They did three, those great three, they only have buildings in two cities in the world, Chicago and Buffalo. Um, Chicago is by far the best city architecturally in North America, there's, there's the World Fair. Is was that a big part of it, or no? That was no. just the park, right? No, there was there was great, but so what happened is cities used to be spread out and they used to be low lying, and the city of Chicago burnt down, and they wanted to rebuild. And everyone wanted to be in the heart of Chicago, and there's only such a small, you know, with the rivers there and everything like that. So they had this idea of basically building up, and when they they started building what 
what they consider now as skyscrapers. And the buildings were so expensive and they were becoming tall that they had an emphasis on architecture. You're going to put all this money into these buildings. You're going to make them tall. You make make them beautiful. And um, so whatever. Chicago set itself to be this amazing city architecturally. And a lot of the cities on the East Coast are all, they're like, it's like New York style architecture. And Buffalo actually follows in like the Midwest architecture, which is like Chicago architecture. And same thing with Buffalo is there was a very focused set of buildings. They made everything beautiful, unbelievable. Buffalo was the richest city in the world per capita income at a point. So all these buildings had unbelievably amount of uh, like money benefactors rich rich people putting you know building these buildings so anyway so um we have these great three architects we have uh like i said lewis sullivan lewis sullivan is what they the founder of american architecture skyscrapers he his most famous building is the wainwright building in st louis um our building the guarantee building is a better building it's a better building so there's one one great architect right there. Our building's his best example. <laughs> so um, next one, H.H. H. Richardson, the uh, psych center, the Richardson Towers, okay. whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's his best building, and that's in his what? own – that's his Castle. own words. It's yeah. amazing. But his own words. He said, that's my best building. So strike two. <laughs> <laughs> best building, best building. So then uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright's got buildings all around the world, but um, the Darwin D. Martin House uh, is the most, it's the best example of a prairie house design um, that he was famous for. It's his best example. He was given basically unlimited funds, or it wound up being unlimited funds, and it's, I mean, Chicago is it's like called the Roby House, and people flock to it in the millions. The Darwin D. Martin House is better. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright's best building that he ever designed as far as um, importance was the Larkin Administration building, which they knocked down for a parking lot, and it is still a parking lot. But anyway, um, (laughs) we have Frank Lloyd Wright's best prairie house example. We have H.H. Richardson's best building. We have Louis Sullivan's best building. Those are the greatest three architects in the history of America. And we have their great buildings, and, and then you look at Olmsted, and that's we have we have we have Olmsted and his park design. You know, you've heard all the quotes: best design city in the world at the time. Um, I mean, we've, Tree City, Tree right? City. You, you know, I, I mean, they've gutted a lot of it, um, trying to get some of that stuff back. But it's 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 re- the radial street plan, uh, the waterfront. I mean, what we have, people people don't. You really need to travel. You really need to go to other places to see what we have. Um, there's a lot missing, but we are just blessed. Absolutely, unbelievably blessed as far as the city goes. And they said that like City Hall wasn't even a good deal, and they built that in like 1950 or something, right? Like no, well, City Hall, I think, was built. It was actually built um, 2930 was being completed during the great depression um i don't know a ton about city hall i do know that um the guy who designed it they had a great competition for it uh 
to design it. And the guy who won was local, but he actually gave like a pen name or something like that. So no one knew he was local because he didn't want to like think that he had like a heads up, you know, like on all these great architects or whatever. But um, oh, not in Buffalo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But uh, actually, which is cool about City Hall. So um, Art Deco design, which is like, uh, you know, one of the great, you know, I don't know, architectural design whatever you want to call it um art deco was uh came out at the same time when they were um discovering like the great pyramids they were like you know people were traveling around the world and a lot of art deco um hints at like uh like ancient egypt and stuff like that but um city hall actually hints at like south american pyramids so it's like a rarer kind of architecture. So so if you think of like uh, something you'd see in Peru, you know, with like those kind of pyramids with like the, the ledges and all that stuff, that's actually what our city hall is based off, which is like a, a weird spinoff of like the regular Art Deco. So it's it's really cool. Great architecture mm-hmm. in Buffalo. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people don't get out and enjoy it enough, Marky. What are you thinking of what's going on on the waterfront with the grain elevators and things like that, Ribs? Uh, well, so growing up, I always heard the, the, the cry, knock them down, knock them down. And um, I was always like, just leave them. I don't, I don't care if they rot. Just leave them. They're cool. Uh, you're n- it's, it, w- it would cost so much money to knock these things down. They're up there because they're so thick. And they're just these monoliths. And um, uh, another thing, architecturally, what people don't realize is that the uh, grain elevators were a precursor to modern architecture, um, modern architecture, modern skyscrapers. uh, uh, It it can all be traced back to the elevators and, you know, Buffalo grain elevators. I I mean, they're invented. We have the most grain elevators in the world. Um, people travel from all over the world that study architecture, come back, come to Buffalo to look at these, you know, basically the start. I mean, these things were so different than anything that was being built in the world at the time. It was function over anything. I mean, it's just function. Like, we're just going to build these big round cylinders, connect them, and just this is what it is. And people didn't do that. And it it really changed the way people thought about architecture and um, industry. Industry, and, and and I would say too, like to this day, like I, like they're they're fixing them all up, and I, I'll build hotels on them, do whatever you want to do. But if you're not going to do anything with them, just Leave let them, them be. They're <laughs> awesome. And what are you going to do if you knock them down? What are, what are you going to do? There's no street grid. There's no. I mean, what are you going to build there? Just build a park around them. Make more park space. I mean, they're just, they're great the way they Where are. Where do you want to see a stadium in the city? I, so, I have mixed emotions. So, it's got to be in the city. It's got to yeah, be in the city. You think so? It's got to be. Not Ab- across the street from where it is now? No, absolutely not. And personally. You want these assholes down here? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, I like assholes. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um. So, so, it's a mixed bag. So, you don't want to build a stadium downtown unless it's um, mixed with something with re- you know retail or uh, 
whatever. So, so a lot of people say like a convention center. You can't have a building downtown that has eight games and maybe a couple concerts. And what, right. And what a lot of cities do is they mix them with like the convention center. Our convention center is garbage. Oh yeah. So if you put a convention center with it, that's that's great. Let's um, get a baseball team. Come on. <laughs> Just throw baseball in there. Yeah, I know. So, um, but the thing that the thing that's important about building downtown is when people come to Buffalo to for a Bills game, they go to Orchard Park, and there's nothing wrong with Orchard Park, but that area you get you don't experience it. You you don't stay. You don't enjoy it. You you come. You go to the spot and you leave. Um, you know people. It's such a cluster. Everyone from Canada, everyone from Rochester, they all just sort of just go to this spot and then they leave. You want people to go, you want, like with the Harbor Center and the hockey arena and all and stuff, people go and they stay for a couple of days. And I see that. I work downtown. It's unbelievable how many people come from all over to see Sabres games and hockey events and stuff like that. And um, we're missing that with the with the Bills. I mean, there's, you know, whatever, 70,000 people or whatever go to a game, and no one even yeah. sees Buffalo. I mean, to they don't point. S- people don't think about that. They're, yeah. they're they're at the Best Western or wherever hotel. They go to their, they go back and they leave. Yeah, absolutely. And you you never ever see Buffalo. And then you hear things like, "Oh, I've been to Buffalo. I went to see a Bills game, and uh, you know, it sucked." And you're like, "Yeah, where did you go in Buffalo?" And they're like, "We went to the." Bills game. <laughs> I'm like, but where? So where would you put it? So if I was king, yada 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 yada. <laughs> um, and I hate to I hate to do this, but the uh, I like the cobblestone district. Um, I'd hate to rip up those streets, and I hate to get rid of streets, but uh, they haven't done anything with that in so long, and it's a dead zone. Uh. You can fit it in the cobblestone district without knocking down any historic buildings. You can do that. Um, the problem is if you build it there, it has to be a dome. Mm. I know. You could put you could put a retractable roof, but it it has to have a dome function. the The NFL has like these weird rules where if it's an open air stadium, it has to be built at certain angles to the sun. And if you oh. built it in the cobblestone district, you can't do that. But if you if it's a dome, it doesn't matter if it's facing northwest, east, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know what, though? I, I used to be like this. Oh, we got to have games in the snow. Fuck it. Let's just have a dome so we could use it. I, I mean, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> well, you know you what? You want to freeze your ass off? Like, are we really getting an advantage over that? Dude, yeah, you did. You think you think McCoy is out shoveling his front? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's what it used to be. It used to be, oh well, the Bills guys, they're you know the players, they're used to it. It's like they live in this mansion. Their garage is ta- attached to the mansion. Yeah, they get in their car, they drive to the stadium, and they practice indoors at the. They don't. These guys aren't Buffalo guys. I, I think that's <laughs> yeah. a, right. Like we're that's used to partying part, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get re- real drunk in this weather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but you're right. I think it, now that you you know you say about the the angles of the sun and all that jazz. I think it. You make some good points to put in a dome in the cobblestone area. Yeah, I, I like it, and and there's a couple places that they they're thinking about building it, um, like oh, closer to uh, or the what's it, the Perry projects and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't like that as much because 
I think if they build it there, they're just going to surround it by, you know, a hundred acres of parking or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's another thing too, is that they, um, they build it in the cobblestone. People are like, well, there's no tailgating. There's no tailgating. Can't do that anymore. Well, well, you know what? There's, there's, there's still parking for like 80,000 people downtown. If you, you could hook up with somebody and be like, listen, you have this parking lot. We're going to go here every Sunday. We'll give you a couple bucks. They'll let you do whatever they want. Like, yeah, you know I don't what I mean? think you'll ever take it out of Buffalo, yeah. the tailgate. Yeah, yeah. As much as they no. will, people will no. find a way. We'll be idiots no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Even absolutely. if you got to go down, you know, I mean, that's going to be real close to home in God's country in South Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to get some interesting people passing through if take, that does happen. Take the bus there. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. Absolutely. What would you like to see at the the old train station? Because um, there's always debates with that. I thought they were doing something with it, but now it looks like they're not doing anything with it. So they're doing. It's nice because it's it's not going anywhere. Right. That's the thing. It's it's the roof is on. They're doing small things with like electrical and all that other stuff, and it's slowly, slowly becoming. Uh, you know, where one day it'll be something and whatever. It's, it's we don't have to worry about it being knocked down anymore. Um, but one thing that they were saying for uh, a while is that they wanted to do the train station out of there, and there was a lot of emotion either way with that. And and I'm gonna probably bother some people with this, but absolutely, 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 do not put a train station in there. No, of course no. not. Really? No. Yeah. You're, I was I was poking the bear on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're gonna drive, or just, you're gonna go in. A, you're, you're gonna you're gonna take a train. There's no hotels, there's no restaurants, there's no anything. Well, right? there's, but there's, you had some love for some of those streets. So oh no, like, I love it. Yeah. I love it there, and I wish the best for like I I would love for that neighborhood to like pick up absolutely, but the tra- but the train station's not gonna do it. What you need to do is you need to put some infrastructure, money, time, energy. You put a train station in there one day when it's picked up. You, If you put the train station in Canal Side, people arrive. They There's can go stuff right. to do down there. Then. You know, you could go, if you live in Toronto or you live in Rochester or Albany, you could literally take a train, show up, never rent a car, be near tons of restaurants, be near activities, Go right to a Sabres game, stay overnight, take a train home. Never have to. I mean, all walking. That's fantastic. Um, so I, I mean, I, I love it. I, I think I love the Central Terminal, but you can't. You can't. It's got to be for events. It's, it's got to be a for. And 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 maybe I'm a little. I'm a little hurt because years ago I had an art show at the Buffalo Central Terminal, and all my. Stuff got stolen. No. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and were they originals? Um, they were original photographs, so they were replaceable. Oh, okay. But, but it's still a lot of time and work. Time, effort, frames, all that other stuff. They, I got the phone call, and I was like, God. Talk a little bit about how much you know you put into it and your tips to anybody who would want to start you know, have going to art shows and doing those things. There's a lot of people out there right now doing great stuff. Like um, uh, Chuck Tingley is out there. He's he's the one that did the mural in uh, Hamburg that they covered up with a fence. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I guess don't 
paint anything where you could build a fence. That would be my first thing I would say. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, especially with like uh, social media out there with like Instagram and all that stuff. Like, I would say people got to sell themselves. I mean, there's great artists everywhere that no one knows anything about. And then there's shit artists that everyone knows about. <laughs> and that's just putting your putting putting yourself out there and I don't know. Is it almost cheating using a drone? I see these guys using drones now. Isn't that kind of cheating, Ribs? It is. So, yeah. <laughs> it is. So, so drones, it's funny because that's a more recent thing and I started my Instagram account like uh, several years ago and um it was like right at the beginning before drones got popular and they got really popular recently. And people would always be like, are you in a helicopter? And I'd be like, no, I like work my ass off to like find a way to get to the top of this building. <laughs> now some just idiot just takes a little drone and goes to the top and takes all these beautiful pictures. They're beautiful. They're, it's like awesome. It's cool. I like get it. And it's too easy. It's like you could. A monkey with a control could take they beautiful could, pictures. They video it and then they take a snapshot from inside. Absolutely. Of it. So yeah. we don't like cheaters, Marky. So we on yeah. hustlers. Yeah. 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 The guy who's going to climb the st- the stairs. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say it's, I want to say it's cheating and it sucks, but they take great pictures and whatever. Still cheating, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ribs. I've seen your your work for years. Talk about the 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 art with where you're using the little dots. I brought it up earlier. What is that? What is that called? So I don't know. I mean, uh, people call it generally like pointillism. So you're literally just tap 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 tap, and you just do that for till you go insane, and 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 three years later, there's a picture of a building or something like that. But no, it's um. So I don't know how to explain it. So. If I was to draw a picture of you, just like you in front of me, and I just uh, had a, a pen and paper, like I could do it and everyone would know it was you and um, it would be it would be good with a pencil or something like that. It would be okay. But if you take a pen that you have no eraser and you say, I'm going to do this over the course of weeks or months and I can't screw up, but I get to think about it entirely and thoroughly. I'll do a picture that's, I don't know, not, not, but maybe perfect in my mind's eye. Like it's not going to look like a photograph, but it's exactly what I know I can do. So, you basically just say, I'll give myself as long as possible to make this thing work. And like um I did a I did a picture of my niece, uh, Marin. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it out of these little squares, quarter inch squares. It wound up being like thirty thousand quarter inch squares. And um I each square was like individual, just different nonsensical shape. And I worked on it every day for a month. And after a month, you couldn't tell if it was going to be a basketball or a map or like a sewing machine. You had no idea. 
But I was like, I know that if I just keep doing it, it should work. But also, in the back of my mind, I'm like, it absolutely might not work. But you just, you sort of have to, what's that, trust the process as the bills would. You know, you, you come up with an idea and you say, I'll that just see it through. Process, It'll work or like, it won't work. You also, like, always said to people, I, I remember growing up here, like, you can do this. Like, I remember when I... We we would see your stuff. And we'd be like, "Wow, Kev, like that's amazing." You're like, "You could do that." I think anyone could. I I right. I think anyone. I think anyone. If they took my approach to drawing, I think anyone could do it. Honestly, think anyone could do it. And is photography? I think, I think literally anyone could take my pictures. Anyone could do it. Absolutely. Really? Nah, I, so you don't consider yourself a perfectionist. You you're more of like a you're a realist in the art world kind of. Would you, how would you put it? I mean, I would say you'd have to be a perfectionist to work on something for yeah, seven I years. Yeah, I mean, seven years, ribs. Like uh, I I see that Chuck Tingy guy. He just goes up there and slaps it around, and he's like, "Yeah, I did the mural, <laughs> the whole entire wall." <laughs> no, I know. Um, so I don't. know. I think so. Like as far as um. Well, certainly with the photography, like, um, you know, all these people have these, like, big, expensive cameras, and, and I was into that. Like, when I was in college, I traded in my meal plan and bought a nice, expensive camera. <laughs> it was the best thing I ever did. I, like, learned how to, like, uh, you know, go in the dark room and develop film and, like, get everything perfect. And then, um, you know, technology kept going up, and... You know, it went from film to digital, and everyone's getting these big, expensive cameras. And I'm like, I don't necessarily have time to be like buying, you know, to be walking around and doing all this stuff and like getting these cameras and doing all this stuff. And then the iPhone came out, and I was like, I'll just take pictures. And they started turning out good. And I'm like, maybe you don't have to use, you know, like really fancy, uh, you know, paints to paint a picture maybe you just use crayons i mean that's what it is it's iphone is like it's like drawing a picture with crayons and it's better it's quicker it's faster you could take secret pictures which is awesome like you're like oh, i'm pretending i'm i'm on my phone and then you're like which i did recently i went up there was a uh, i like to take pictures of uh, people when they're like uh, wedding parties and then i'll, I'll take I'll, I'll sneak up i'll sneak a picture and I'll put, does anyone know these people? And, like, it's cool because, yeah, like, you have a lot of followers. You have 24,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I'll take a picture and I'll be like, oh, let's see if anyone. Blah, blah, blah. So this happened, I don't know, whatever, like a month ago or something. There's all these people up on City Hall. They're on their steps. And I'm like, I'm going to sneak by. I'm going to be cool. I'm going to take <laughs> some pictures. And I'm walking by. I'm like, do, do, do. Those people are like, I think that dude's taking pictures of us. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and then I took I looked later and I was like, oh, I know that guy, you know. So I saw him later. I'm like, hey, man, I took pictures of your wedding. He's like, yeah, everyone was like creeped out. You're taking pictures. And I'm like, sorry, man. It's kind of my thing. I thought it was cool, you know, yeah. at the time, but whatever. <laughs> so the waterfront's picking up. We always heard about it when we were kids and it's finally happening. You, you like you like what you see there? You, are you are you liking how it's developing down there? Or you're kind of like, uh, are they going to get cheesy and get, you know, chains? Or what are they going to put here? So I have mixed emotions about the uh, about the the waterfront, particularly the outer harbor. Um, so that land 
is really, 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 really important for um, like migratory birds. Um, the Niagara River was considered, I, I believe it might have been the first internationally important bird area in the world. Wow. Um, people don't realize how important um, that is. I mean, if you go on the Niagara River on a good day, you could find more species of gulls than anywhere else on the planet. Just just going to the river. And uh, a lot of these birds actually land in these like dilapidated areas where these buildings used to be. And it's really important. And um, But also I'm torn because that land is so valuable. And we, we live in a city where, you know, all this stuff existed and basically wasted. And we need to build up our 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 land. We need tax dollars. So I know they're they're building uh, a lot of the places a park space. There's Times Beach. Uh, right now they're doing um, some important work. Uh, they're doing like trails. What I'd like to see is I'd like to see everything along the water closest to the water to be like park space. And I would be totally all in. Where everything along Furman, really close, nice, low scale, like expensive buildings, whatever. Like, I, it needs to be developed, but it also needs to be left alone. It's a, it's a tough issue. It's a tough issue, but I think everyone politically was so bad, <laughs> and it took so long, and they screwed up so long, that I think we can do things right now, because right. they would have just built a mall or a stadium or whatever they would have they would have totally screwed it up if they if they had the land 10 15 years ago they would have absolutely ruined it so i think with waiting this long we have a shot at building something cool or or leaving it alone in the best way or you know whatever so yeah like uh when you go out there like you talk about the birds like what is our most common bird um well our most common bird is the european starling so back in it's a long trip. <laughs> well, I think there's a big story about that, right? So so what happened is um back back in the day, you know, we have Shakespeare in the park and and uh, Delaware Park. So um they 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 Shakespeare in the park in Central Park for you know a hundred years or whatever. So um it was uh, it was the people who were doing these Delaware in the parks. Shakespeare in the Parks in Central Park's idea. They're like, what we'll do is um, Shakespeare mentions all these birds. They mention the starling and the robins and all this other stuff. He's like, we'll just release these birds in the park. So, like, when people are watching the play, these birds will be, like, around. around. So they did that and yada, yada, yada. There's, like, billions of them. It's the most European star. It's the most popular most concentrated bird in lays the most eggs everything (laughs) they're horrible they like kill other birds that are like trying to lay nests they're violent they're like they're hard like for local predators to eat because they 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 create these huge huge like migratory or not migratory like these huge flocks they call murmurations like i don't know if you've ever seen where like if you see like it's sort of like fish in the ocean where they sort of like bubble around and move around like in this big whatever those are that's starlings 
that's if you see him i mean they gather and like you'll see him 10,000 easy like here or there and um they're ridiculous and they're everywhere so that's the most common bird and they're a nuisance and they'll be here did it drive other birds out of here like is there, they, well, there used to be a bird or something well, well no yeah so <laughs> yes and no so like birds like uh new york state's bird uh state bird is like the bluebird eastern bluebird so it's the you know it's our state bird you don't see a lot of bluebirds you can partially thank starlings for that um <laughs> red-headed woodpecker which is like another one that's like um declining they um same thing like the starlings they just they, oh they'll have a nest they'll be they have babies or whatever they'll just kick them out throw them out and just more starlings what's <laughs> what's the rarest bird that you you've actually seen with your own eyes maybe even with a camera um so my friend bobby whalen uh he works for JetBlue, and we did a lot of traveling looking for birds and um the one time we went we literally took a plane to florida to look for flamingos there was one flamingo they used to be a bird that lived in florida and of course people shot them in the heads and there's no more flamingos. put them on a lawn yeah so whatever (laughs) they were just shooting plasticize them (laughs) so um so we went to we went to florida uh looking for the uh flamingo and we get there and uh it's not there of course you know because spend all that money and time and energy to look for a bird and it's not there and uh, this guy's like oh you know there's a great white pelican in ding darling national wildlife refuge or whatever and we're like uh yeah yeah white pelican and he's like, no 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 not a white pelican a, a great white pelican which is uh an african pelican which is like the wingspan is like 11 feet or something like that and they're fat and they have like streaks of pink and yellow and I was like, uh, okay. So we went, we went there, and uh, we looked all day, and uh, we found a flock of like uh, two hundred and fifty white pelicans, and we looked through them, and we found it, and uh, that was the uh, first recorded record of a great white pelican ever in the Western Hemisphere, wow. and uh, we we found it. So. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, some guys find their keys, Marky. <laughs> so that's obviously the rarest bird. What anything around here? I I, I saw a few pictures of some things that you uh you know, think something chicken that you, heads. Yeah, you said traveled super far to get where it was. Yeah, yeah, so um I don't know. So so it's cool that there's this thing called eBird which is a it's a tool of citizen science. It's like um People see birds, and it doesn't matter if you're an expert or you don't know much about anything. So what you do is it's an app on your phone or on your computer. You can do it. And you, um, oh, I saw 10 European starlings. Boop, 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 10 European starlings. So what it does is it, it, it puts everything in a system. So you can tell where people all over the world are seeing birds where they saw them last year, the year before, the year before, the year before, and you can, um, you you basically, it's great because you could tell what species are declining, which ones are stable, and you can also it gives you stats like it's like a fantasy football sort of you know like oh I have this many birds and this many birds or whatever. So um, like this year in Erie County, let me grab my phone. So, 
it gives like the top hundred eBird people in Erie County, and I am currently first. um i've seen 232 species of birds in erie county this year so 232 the average person could probably name six seven birds i couldn't yeah that's 232 species of birds in erie county this year and that's cool and and a lot of people compete or just try to see as many birds as they can and and the more they do that, the more it adds to the research of what's out there and um, what we need to do, where we need to protect things. Uh, it's really, really important stuff, and it can be fun or, you know, OCD or whatever. Does it get competitive? Is there, is there a guy? I know there was a movie made a couple of years yeah. ago where everybody well, loved oh, each other. See, I see that uh, I, at Tift mm-hmm. Farms you have your name on something for seeing some birds. Oh, yeah, they have a list. They have yeah. a list. They have a list. And you want There's a lot of you on there. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so it's funny. There, there's that movie. It was the um, the big year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, a woman in that um uh, a woman that I know personally, uh, Debbie Love Shearwater, she does these um, pelagic tours out of uh, California. And uh, there's a woman in the movie that my friend is based on. My my friend's name is uh, Debbie Love Shearwater, and the woman in the um, movie is named Annie Auklet. Okay. And it, it's funny. So, like, they go out on the boat, and they like, they, like, um, they're looking for birds or whatever like that. And um, it's funny because my, my friend or whatever, I'll see, like, I'll do a picture of my little one, Larkin, who's mm-hmm. like four and a half years old. And be like, Debbie Love Shearwater liked the picture of my little one. And I always think, Annie Ocklet's liking my photo again or whatever <laughs> from this movie. Are there a lot of people, Are they, are they do they cheat in this thing? Is there any cheating going on? I'm sure there's cheaters. <laughs> oh, yeah. And more than cheaters, there's sticklers, too. There's always people like, oh, you, that, you couldn't have seen you, it. Yeah, no, that, 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 that thing hasn't been on the yeah. East Coast in years. Yeah, so that's a whole thing. You know, just like anything, there's idiots everywhere. And but uh, What are some of your favorite spots in Buffalo if you don't want to? You know, I don't know if you don't want to give up yeah, some of them, but, yeah, give you know, for our listeners, you know, <laughs> we, we got a couple guys out there that definitely. So, so um, the best place, the best place in Western York for birding is uh, Tift. I mean, there's there's a bunch of places like a Forest Lawn Cemetery and, uh, you know, Times Beach and stuff like that. But so what's good about cities is that. There's so many places that birds don't like that when they're in migration, they're forced to land in smaller areas. So if you go to Tift Nature Preserve or, like I said, those other places in migration, um, they're loaded. It's unbelievable how many birds show up there. And um, like I said, you go there and you see in the spring, you go there, you see 100 different species of birds. And, you know, if you if you took a, a picture of half the birds that I see on a given day and I showed them to somebody, they'd be like, is that bird from is that bird in Peru? Is that bird in Africa? And I'd be like, no, that's it. It's in your backyard, it's a, Jack. It's a tiff right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So people don't really realize. But it's 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 amazing. It's amazing what we have. And um, but I said, that, I mean, it depends. Like there was a there was a time. Uh, this spring, the winter lasted a little long, 
and we still had ice at uh what what do they call that that the beach near the end of Tiff Street they used to Dirty Beach or whatever. Dirty Beach. Yeah. <laughs> ghetto Beach. Yeah. Dirt, ghetto Beach yeah. where dirt what meets it, water. It's Gallagher. Gallagher, Gallagher, Gallagher Beach. Oh, there yeah. we go. Um, one day there was 20 snowy, uh, snowy owls. You know what I mean? Like, wow. it's just you know, one day you look and there's 20 snowy owls. I mean, it's you never know what you're going to see. It's, I always it's, said you think you've never seen an owl, but you really have seen a lot of them. You're just not looking. They're they're everywhere. Well, uh, to rephrase that is what I would say is <laughs> you've never seen an owl, <laughs> but thousands of owls have probably seen you. It's all night. So, yeah. Is there a place you can go see an owl in, like that you know of? There is. There's, um, there's a place actually in Rochester called Owl Woods, and um, they have, uh, in migration, they have these birds called sawwit owls. Which are tiny, 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 tiny. They're the um, the weight of two Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> That's how big these owls are. They they weigh the same as two Reese's peanut butter cups. And if you go there in uh, spring, you can go there fall too. Spring's easier. You just go and you look, and these birds they um, you have to look in these like uh, evergreen trees that only are only 20 feet tall. You have to look at like between like five foot and eight foot high in a tree. It's like a, there's like an algorithm or whatever, but you look for them and there's these tiny, tiny hand sized birds just in these trees. And it's really, really cool. It's really cool. The best rib my wife ever pulled on me, Marky. She said, Hey Jimbo, that owl down there is talking shit about you. And I go, what? Who? <laughs> she got me good with the owl. <laughs> Again, with the old man joke. <laughs> it's a true story. We yeah. talk about it yeah, all the time. That's awesome. Yeah, cheese ball. You know that, Rib. Nice, 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 nice. Now, Ribs, a lot of people don't know this about you. Oh, Fascinating boy. with, uh, we're not going to talk about the moon yet. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay. Fascinating with the Instagram. Buffalo's number one photographer in my book, maybe in the top five ar- Buffalo artists. But a lot of people don't know, and especially we we get a lot of lacrosse players listening to this. Kev Rubzinski's like, he, I would say he's the uncle of lacrosse in South Buffalo. His brother being the godfather of it. How does that? How does you? It was a funky sport because you either you played baseball, hockey. And all of a sudden, I noticed around myself, the early 90s, this lacrosse comes on, and it's kind of introduced by your family. Talk about a little about that, Ribs. Uh, my brother was eight years older than me, and uh, he he started playing lacrosse or, or whatever, had a lacrosse stick or whatever you want to call it. No one, no one in South Buffalo had any idea what a lacrosse stick was. He'd walk around with it. I'd walk around with it, and they'd be like, are you going to catch fish? I mean, literally, that literally happened. Like, I didn't know what it was when I first seen yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, as uh, many kids that have older brothers, you want to be like your brother. You want to do what your brother does. So uh, he would play with his friends. He'd get them to play, and I'd be that little kid. That was like, can I play with, uh, with you know, with you guys? So, I mean, um, when when my brother started playing adult leagues when he was like eighteen, nineteen, 
I started playing adult leagues with them, and I had a like a little fake ID. I was, you know, I was ten. <laughs> I was playing in, in, in adult men leagues when I was ten, and I don't know, jeez, I I don't know how they that would never happen now. They would never let it happen. But um, so anyway, my uh, my brother, bar none. Barn on my brother is absolutely the, uh, I guess the godfather of, uh, of, uh, you know, lacrosse. And I was, I was a, a stepping stone. And then, uh, a lot of, a lot of the great, like local lacrosse players all stemmed out of that. Like, uh, Greg Gaskin, mm-hmm. um, someone said to me, uh, there's this guy lives on Brost. He plays lacrosse too. You guys should play each other. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go play this kid. So I like, I literally got, I like walked to Brost looking for him. And I remember Bobby Whalen was out there, and he had his like bandits gloves on. He was running around. I was like, hey kid, you know where Greg Gaskin lives? And he's like, yeah, down the street. So that's my first memory of Bobby Whalen. And I found Greg and. And uh, it was cool. We started playing. And uh, when I was in, like I said, when I was in grammar school, I had like, uh, I would trade people for like things and I would trade for sticks. And um, at one point I had probably like 20 lacrosse sticks when I was like in eighth grade. I had no money. No money. I like made like $5 a week. I had no money, but I had like 20 lacrosse sticks. And uh, we would, we would have games at, St. Ambrose, where I went to school. Yeah, like Timmy Doyle, and yeah, we like have these big giant games. Everyone was using all my sticks, but I was like, cool, you know. And, like someone would break a stick, and I'd be like, ah, shit, but whatever. Like, cool, we have a game, and um, out of that, like uh, Timmy Doyle, who was uh, my cousin, and he was uh, we put him in that, and it was partially because he could take the pain. He's an animal, and he's an absolute animal, and I love him. And he, um, he was a fantastic, 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 like sort of a Dominic Hasek style goalie yeah. where you watch him and you're like, this doesn't work. What he's doing doesn't work. <laughs> and then when the game would end, you'd be like, but he saved all the shots. He saved the day. All the local people in South Buffalo don't realize if it wasn't for these guys, I don't, I don't know if. The sport would have came full circle. They really pushed it. They were kind of like this. I used to call them the stickheads, Mark. But they were fun to watch. And I, I always wanted to give. I always like to give credit to Kevin when when lacrosse comes up. That I don't know if it catches on like it does without a guy like Ribs, right? Cause pushing it because, like he said, it wasn't too popular. Like Kev, you uh, where did you start going to high school first? You didn't go right to Timon, right? No, I started at Canisius, and they had a program, but I didn't play until I met these guys between my freshman and sophomore year, and I just thought it was cool. I never had a a place to play, um, so I just uh, when I met these guys, I went out and I bought a lacrosse stick, and the rest is uh, history, you know. But like, I feel like Kev was always like a fabled player too, you know, like. Oh, these guys were um. They were really good when I started playing. They were light years ahead of where I was at, and um, they gave the other kids in South Buffalo, like myself and all the guys that came after us, um, an opportunity to strive for something. So they definitely like laid the foundation. 
and I, um, lacrosse was definitely like gonna catch on in Western New York. It was already a thing. Um, it just wasn't in South Buffalo, and I doubt that Timon would have a program if guys like Kevin and uh, Greg Gaskin and Tim Barrett didn't go there. Tim Doyle. They didn't want to do it at first, right, Ribs? Uh, they want to do it. I almost didn't go to Timon. I um um my brother again. I'll swinging back to my brother. My brother and his friends actually, um, when he went to school, they did a petition. They're like, we gotta get lacrosse here. We gotta get lacrosse. Gotta get lacrosse. And um, I always wanted to go to Timon. That was my dream school. I know it sounds pathetic, but it was my dream school. I wanted to go there, older brother. But I was gonna go to St. Franny's because they had a they had a program, and then they announced that they were gonna have a a, a program. So I went there. In my the first year, my freshman year, they had a team. We scored how many goals? How many goals do you think we scored that first year? One, right? One. I'll, one. You could give the answer to the trivia question. I know it. I All know right. It. First goal ever in time in lacrosse history is by Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton. <laughs> not the skater, Mark. No, no, not the skater. No, no, no. So um so we went from uh, a team that had one goal in the entire year to being, I mean, uh, prolific. I would say, too, um, our attack line, which was me, Mike McGuire, and Marty Reed, um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of great, you hear about people like, uh, oh, uh, this guy had, you know, 70 goals or something like that, or this guy had 100 points. That attack line with uh, myself, Marty, and Mike, the points scored between us three, I, 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 I wish there was a way to look it up, but I don't think anyone had as many points as us three had in a single year ever in Western New York. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was probably, it was close to probably 280 points or something like that between three guys or something. It was magic. In like 15 games or something like that. I mean, it's it was really impressive. Can I call someone out, Mark? Go ahead. I'm licensed to talk, right? You're licensed. All right. That school over there needs to put Kevin Rubzinski in their Hall of Fame. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm calling it out right now. <laughs> Sport wouldn't have flourished without him. A lot of great guys after it's him. Don't cr- get me like, wrong. It, it, There's a lot of great guys. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, we, yeah. Our team was not good, but we have like probably the – some of the best friendships I've ever made just just playing that game like Mark McGuire he he had the game early Kevin Schieber that's all right off Whitfield oh you yeah. know like it just spread down the street and I mean yeah. for me it was my brother and I mean I probably can give everything to my brother because I'm like hey should I do that and he's like yeah and then I do something. And I'm like, Older Good. brother disease. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about That's a- why this podcast is here. <laughs> we talk like, about Yeah, whatever, do it. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about archiving everything. I think it's, it's something that people should know is that, that that's how it started. In South Buffalo. Like, yeah. It, in, I mean, even like Kev said. Well, I appreciate like, it, guys. Those are, those are kind words. I, I really do appreciate it. And I bet it. a lot of people don't know that know him from the Instagram fame and the artist don't know that about Ribs. Right. Yeah. That, it, Ribs was... Like you look at you look player, at man. you look at all the kids going to D one schools right now out of out of time in or who has gone you know it, it definitely stemmed right from there yeah. walking let's, down the street let's do that ribs at your let's say high school prime lacrosse if you're around now is there, would you have 
cash the ticket somewhere else, and will you be totally different? You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Well, so you're saying would I go somewhere else? Well, let's say Kevin Rubzinski, 17 years old, is in 2018. I think there would have been a lot. There's a lot more exposure and everything else. Do you think if there was more of an opportunity, you would have punched the ticket out of here and not even got into the art things, and we'd be we wouldn't even be talking right now? Um, I don't know. I you know. So what happened is when I I played lacrosse, and uh, our you know if I have like a million stupid hobbies or whatever. Um, I'd say. So what happened to me is I played lacrosse. I hurt my knee in college, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I hurt my knee, and it took a while to get back, and then I was like, screw it. And that's yeah. how the art thing happened. So, I don't know. I'd sort of thank hurting my knee, really, yeah. honestly. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the thing about, too, is, like, when I started a time in people, like, I got recruited a lot for lacrosse for schools, but not, like, the big schools. Right. Because you got we we're still behind. No, no one knew anything. Yeah, you know, like, our our coach didn't. Our you coach, were the first team. Our coach said he never talked to any schools. We had schools coming to see, like Mike McGuire and whatever, and um, our coach never talked to anybody. And I, it's not really his fault. It's, there was no precedent. And now, well, especially well, the the Burke years right. with Tyben, like people are coming all over. It was because that's where good players came from. Right. So, um, I don't know. It wasn't really an option. It was it was new. It was fresh. It was, uh, you know, I mean, it was the time. You know, who, who's better? Who's better? LeBron or, you know, uh, Ewing or yeah. whatever. It's, it's, it's just, just you can't compare different it. times. It's just different times. And it's 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 just it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I think it's definitely LeBron. <laughs> Kevin, the other Kevin. So you are a year behind me. And you also played attack, correct? These are correct. Yeah. These are these are all correct things. So, um, your senior year, you you did pretty well yourself, didn't you? How, how many points did you have your senior year? It was pretty good, wasn't it? I have no idea. No, um, you did well. I remember. I did. I put up a, a good number of points, but I would have no Ribs idea. Ribs were sharing the rub, the chef. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. He, he might have inflated them when it happened too, but I I know he uh, it was a good number, right? Oh, I'd always yeah. yell Mark and eight, Donnie. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Mark, your brother Timmy, um, so I I think there was there was three great midfielders that played for Timon. Um, it was your your brother, uh, Greg Gaskin, and uh, Billy Crean, and I think those guys. Those guys were, uh, uh, you know, we didn't have, because, again, we started the program. There wasn't a lot of guys. And there was three really, really good midfielders. And Timmy, your brother, was exceptional. He was was one of those classic, like, South Buffalo examples of people that are like, you know, lacrosse can't work in South Buffalo. And then you're like, "Uh, it will, because... We got people that are hard nosed. <laughs> They'll like run straight. Yeah, you know, uh, uh-huh. uh, you don't have to score a goal. Just punch this guy in the face. Timmy, be like, I'll punch him in the face. Like whatever. <laughs> like just hard nosed. Dig in. You don't care if you get crushed. Like just, it was great. It was great. Gaskin with the shot. Billy Crean was a hockey player that like, he played like a hockey player and ran around 
like Draw a, on the doubles and dishing it, baby. Like Bust a nut. He, he, he carried it like a hockey player. And between those three guys, it was unbelievable. So, I mean, and then our defenseman, we had like Kevin Overdorf. It was just like, <laughs> he was just a monster out there. Just sit in the middle and someone would come by and he'd try to break the collarbone. <laughs> College football player. <laughs> yeah. Some offensive Dol- lineman. Those oh, are great days. I will say, too, just for the record, um, Kevin Overdorf could never dunk a basketball. If, if he's hearing this, <laughs> he often mentions that he dunked a basketball. He can't do it. <laughs> never could. Well, speaking of crazy things, I've always wanted to talk to you about this. This is the, the Marky. This is the best thing that I know about ribs. Me and ribs have been talking about this probably since nineteen, I don't know, ninety six, maybe something like that. Ribs has this a theory to end the world. <laughs> And when I've introduced them to crazy people, like guys that are nuts, I'm like, oh, you think you're nuts, huh? Here's my buddy Ribs. Ribs, tell him how he can end the world immediately. <laughs> Go ahead, Ribs. So what used to happen was I was like, uh, when I was younger, um, in college too, I'd be like, name two things in the whole world and I'll connect them. Like somebody would be like, pencils and uh, the Holocaust. And I'd be like, this is how these two things connect. And I'd like speak for an hour and people are like oh god pencils killed a lot of people <laughs> so so i one time it came up somebody's talking about the moon or something like that and it became a whole thing so i was telling jimbo without the moon this little fluctuation that happens with the earth um without the moon it would fluctuate significantly more and that little bit more would be enough to kill everything <laughs> <laughs> And people are like, oh, you can't blow up the moon. You don't have to blow up the moon. It's the size of Texas. You don't have to blow up the whole moon. All you have to do is screw the moon up. <laughs> yeah. You know, Despicable Me was about that, right, guys? Yeah. Well, but they stole this the is, yeah, yeah, They I mean, stole the moon. It's based yeah. on me. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, people are down and all there was was Gordio. Gordio, Los Los playing. I'm in a corner of a bar with a couple other crazy people. Listen to ribs, how he's going to end the world. And people would walk away and be like, oh, my God. In college, I used to stand on tables. And there would be like 30 people just like sitting on the floor listening to me. And I'd be like, so you got to watch the moon. You know, all this stuff. Protect your moon. Protect protect your moon. You get Everyone gets one moon. That's That's all the moons you have. That's going to be the next thing like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like, yeah, you got to protect your moon. (laughs) Well, Marky, bark at the moon. It's been good, Ribs. Thank you. Are you are Kevin Rubzinski. Uh, you are now licensed to talk. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Jimbo. Uncle Jimbo is what they used to call you. Part of, part of the rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said I was a stickhead. By the way, I wanted to mention that earlier. He said we were we were stickheads. He was one of the rats. No, so not let's officially. Just, yeah. Not officially. Uh, well, and, and thank you, Mark. I appreciate the time oh. here. And it, this was fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Ribs. Thanks I'll for coming out, man. forget how to spell that last name. R-Y-B-C-Z-Y N-S-K-I
License to Talk. Follow us on Twitter at JC is L2T and Instagram License to Talk.